0: What is going on, IOST fans and family? It's time for another episode of Inside IOST, and we've got an action-packed episode for you this week. We're covering all kinds of news that's come out from around the IOST ecosystem. We've got news about Jimmy's Secret Weapon. What is it? It's called Oasis. Do we know more about it? We're gonna cover it in this episode. We've got these awesome iBank XPass cards in a partnership with X. These cool collectible cards with artwork by Tao Jun, and we're definitely gonna dive into that. And maybe we might have some to give to you, but you can only know if you watch later on in the episode. And then we've got this awesome partnership with E-Hung. What is going on with E-Hung? They've got these flying automated drones. Imagine a drone that you can get in and pilot yourself and drive around. It's just crazy. There's too much to talk about, so I'm not gonna waste your time. It's all coming to you right now on this episode of Inside iOS T. Cast and guests of Inside IOST do not intend to convey investment or financial advice. Please do your own research before choosing to buy or sell any digital assets or cryptocurrencies. All right, folks, welcome back. It is that time of the week again, Inside IOST. As always, we are brought to you by the Liobi Node. The best and the first podcast for all things inside T news, happenings, all that in the ecosystem. Joined today by my partner, Mr. Josh Bryant. How hey, are you doing, uh, Josh?
1: Good. Great to be here.
0: And we are also on the line with the infamous Peter Kay. How's it going, Pete? It's
2: going well. Thanks. Yeah.
0: We have a ton of stuff to dive into today. I don't want to waste too much time. Uh, there's been a, a, a slew of announcements coming out of the T Foundation. But the first thing we need to cover, this is super important because, you know, we've been trying to get voters out there. We've been doing the rewards calculator. We've been doing these little tutorials online on our YouTube channel, growing our platform with the podcast and all that. We have a little bit of a name confusion thing going on here. And there's another node with a very similar name. And their name is Leeby And our name, if you don't know, is Leobi. So it's L-E-O-B-I, Leeby is spelled L I E B I. And we've had probably what would you guys say? Maybe five to ten people tell us that they voted for Libby?
1: Those are just the people that have told us, right? So who knows how many others have been confused.
2: So, So, I mean, now it makes sense that they suddenly have 55 million
0: (laughs) voters. So if you are one of the 55 million voters for Libby on accident, you could just be sitting there and and you might not even know that you voted for the wrong note.
2: So what's up with these B names? You're the Chinese guy, Evan. Yeah, what's it all mean? uh,
0: (laughs) So the reason that we came up with the name Liobi uh, is because B means coin. So you've heard of Huobi. Uh, I don't know really what their name means, but. I imagine coin I like, is the.
2: I think it's like a hot coin or like like cool like like ours and, and I think it's hot coin
0: okay that, that would make sense so Leo is actually number six in Chinese and when you count to six you do this with your hand so you know four five six and if you're counting on one hand you do this which is kind of like a international universal thing for cool so in China it's kind of a slang term to say Leo 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 when something's cool so we came up with the name Leobi like cool coin and uh, thought it was a great name. Thought it was very unique. Never in a million years would have thought we would see Libby, which as far as I understand is actually hunting coin. So hunting coin. yeah. So I think they're more of like a, a research company um, looking for different opportunities, whether it's in the I, I, uh, ICO space or in the, uh, you know, in the crypto space in general.
2: Well, they mark themselves down as dap developer and i guess that makes sense with the activity we've seen so far yeah
0: they're right we've good, seen them do a voting, a voting portal mm-hmm. yeah they they do have a great voting portal and i mean i suggest people to go use it we we have no beef with Libby, even though we do kind of like to make some memes and crack jokes but remember if you're watching us and you want to vote for us scroll down in token pocket in the token pocket app i know liby is like the third option or the second option on there you have to go down to liobi remember vote o long o for liobi so say the o say Say the o O. vote
1: for liobi so we'll try and
0: go liobi yes exactly go vote for liobi okay (laughs) anyway moving right along uh There is contribution rewards coming out. This is a quarterly thing that comes out. It's a lump sum of rewards. A lot of people were asking about it. It's going to be a lot more than the daily rewards. And Josh, you've got some updates on the timeline for this.
1: Yeah, we got our contribution report in. And so it's being evaluated right now. Distribution of contribution rewards. First one will be mid to late April, uh, so a couple of weeks away still. But I expect the decision to be made before then. And we'll let you know as soon as we hear what tier that uh, we've fallen into. And then future dates, mid-July, mid-October, and then mid-January of next year. Now, this first distribution is only going to be the equivalent of one month's worth, basically, from uh, go-live of mainnet um, to the end of of March. So it's going to be smaller than the future uh, quarterly distributions, which will be three months. Um, But if you voted for a node that has a smaller total percentage, then, you know, your percentage of that total reward is going to be larger. So it makes sense to vote for a node that might have fewer votes overall but is contributing a lot to the um, community because then you'll share a greater percentage of the rewards. So we'll let you know as soon as we hear. Um, The report is in, and I think that the decisions are are being made right now.
0: Yeah, so hopefully— Go ahead, Pete. And the
2: ecosystem election rewards are coming out too. Uh, I believe so this this time, right? They come out every quarter. So I believe they'll come out for the month. And that's equivalent to the voting rewards you've already received. So the voters for a node will receive over and again, the same rewards that they've received over the past, you know, however many, you know, month or whatever. And I know that the math might not work out completely because it's prorated and things like that. But it's it's about equivalent. So Even if your node doesn't get any contribution reward, there's still some rewards coming.
0: Yeah, and we should probably know by next episode, maybe a little bit after next episode. But stay up to date with us on our Twitter. Stay up to date with us in our Telegram group. Those are both linked down in the description, and you'll know basically as soon as we know uh, if you're following along on those social media platforms. Want to move along from the contribution rewards, get into some of the announcements coming straight out of the IOST Foundation.
2: wait, 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 wait. How, who's, who's picking the contribution rewarder, like winners? Uh, have we, have we talked about that on Well, yet? I don't right, think so.
1: For this first time around, the foundation is going to play a big role in that. Uh, I think Ben right. from IOST put together the questionnaire. I know he was very influential in designing the contribution reward system to reward nodes that contribute a lot, even if they're, they're smaller. So I think at first, the foundation is going to be making the decision. But the goal long term is to decentralize that and to create voting around it so that uh, the community can decide which tiers the uh, the different nodes are falling into.
2: But Ben did say that there would be some kind of transparency. Maybe that even the reports would be available for ICAC, which is made up of the nodes, to, uh, to investigate, right? So yeah. I think we should plan on bringing maybe a report on these reports. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great idea. To our listeners, because... Everyone wants to know, you know, is, is everything going down legit? Is it shady? You know, what's what were the reasons these nodes won? Mm-hmm. I think we could put together a nice report next week or the week after, whenever this comes out.
0: I think that's a great idea, Pete. And we did talk a little bit about this on a previous episode. I can't remember which one, but we were saying we hope to finally, not finally, but eventually see this move off of that centralized power, choose, picking and choosing who's done the best contribution. And the, the first step would obviously be making all of these reports public and seeing who you know who got first tier for what who got second tier for what and so um i would imagine that they've got to put out something they got to publish something to show us why did people get the tiers that they got and uh, i think it's a good idea pete why don't we uh definitely do a whole we could do probably a whole episode on that report don't you think
2: special report a report report
0: (laughs) we can make it like a news show. breaking news All right, excellent. So uh, look forward to that. If you're a a weekly listener of Inside iOS T on all the podcast platforms, or if you like to watch it and see our beautiful faces. Anyway, uh, moving on to some of the announcements, we have the Oasis Secret Weapon. This was Secret Weapon. This was the Secret Weapon released that Jimmy John kept bringing up and talking about and hinting to people what was what was it going to be, Pete? uh, You know, we we've seen Oasis kind of the little press release drop, but what do we even really know about the Secret Weapon?
2: Yeah, well, we know that it's promised that there will be the benefits of blockchain, things like provably fair transactions and uh, non, what, what did they call it? Non-temperable transactions, like immutable transactions, uh, provably fair games, things like that. But without a lot of the barriers to adoption that we've seen that dApps suffer from, right? Even for even for us, and we're all DAP fans, it's it's just not fun sometimes, right, to use a, the DAP you want to use. You have to jump a lot of hurdles to get there. And you think it's cool when you're done, but you know, it took you half an hour to do whatever, and uh, so now Oasis is supposed to also bring to the DAP to the DAP table um, no account creation needs. So like exemption from account creation is what they call it. So users don't even need to create accounts with funny long addresses to use DAPs, and uh, they they don't need to keep control of their private key. I, I mean, I'm assuming maybe they can. But they don't have to if they don't want to, and they also have to don't have to worry about resource consumption, which is interesting because a lot of blockchains, you know, you have to worry that you have gas, you have to have ETH before you can move other tokens, you have to have EOS staked for CPU, whatever. Um, they're th- talking about eliminating resource consumption, and then also what they call easy and smooth DAP transfer. Um, I assume that means smooth transfer of DAPs from other platforms to IOST, which. Is a, is a good selling point. Uh, IOST is written in JavaScript, which a lot of other programs are not Excuse me, IOST smart contracts are in JavaScript, which a lot of other platforms don't run on JavaScript. So if they can pull some kind of really smooth transfer process uh, where you could just move things over, that would be great for bringing apps into the ecosystem. And as far as bringing users into the ecosystem, it would be great to not have to create accounts and deal with keys for every DAP account you want, and to have to like worry about resources and things. What I want to see though, is how right now, this all sounds fantastic, but these are all significant hurdles. Like we've gotten to the point where we have provably fair gameplay and where we have non-tamperable transactions because of blockchain, but how are we going to do these other things? There hasn't really been any news out on that yet. I'm curious to see any technical details, uh, even just a paragraph on how these things are planned to be implemented
0: yeah i kind of wanted to put you on the spot there pete because uh we all read the the news from iost about this uh oasis and uh like you said we haven't really seen the how we've seen the what but uh we'll all be interested to kind of dive into those details and there is something happening with eos uh which is you know a competing protocol where and i remember the guys over at everything eos talking about this on one of their episodes where it might have been a game or some sort of uh, dApp that was going on where there were there were different layers of how you could sign up. You could be basically just a, a normal user that knows nothing about blockchain, where the game would actually hold your private keys and you would never know you were mm-hmm. interacting. And then there was like a middle one where uh, maybe you would have your, you know, you, would, you wouldn't know your private key or I, I don't know. But eventually it got all the way up to the point where it was like full on you know, you, you know everything about crypto and you have your private keys and it was like a kind of like a, um, a spectrum of your basic just wants to play a game, doesn't care about blockchain all the way to actual blockchain fanatic that uh, wants to keep all their private keys separate from the game itself. Do you remember what that was?
2: I mean, all of the uh, major game platforms have talked about it and non-game platforms like the DAP network have talked about it. Um, one of the games, EOS Nights, it's one of the more popular games. The market for materials has absolutely tanked recently, so don't try to go make money on it unless you believe it's going to you know, soar again in the future. Uh, so not financial advice, but it's one of the most popular games. And uh, you can actually go in and create an account with Facebook for free. Uh, there's a limited number of accounts per day, but you can go in, tap your Facebook account. I guess they want to prevent spam, so you know, one Facebook account gets one EOS account. And uh, then you get a free EOS account, and it's it, it just hooks up that way. So games have started trying it on their own. Eventually, we're going to end up at a world where, yeah, there's free accounts. They're easy to get. You can just use like OAuth logins if you want to get them. Uh, and I want to see how they plan on doing it, though, because many, many other teams have been working for a long, long time on this, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll have to see how things work out when they finally release that technology to the public. And, uh, you know, our tech guy at Liobi, the specialist, Pete, he'll be there to uh, walk you guys through it once it finally comes out and, and tell us what's good about it and what's bad about it. So I wanted to move along to another announcement coming from IOST, sort of a promotional thing and also a partnership with both a company that you might have heard of called X, if you're involved in crypto, and another company called iBank. And what they are are these um They're these art cards, and they actually hold an amount of value on them. The artist is named Cao Jun. He's a Chinese fellow, and he's done these really awesome kind of artworks. You can see them on the screen right now. Um, They're going to hold value, transferable value, as like a payment card, especially with Pundi X POS systems. But the thing that I like about them is really just the art is amazing, and they seem like almost collectible items. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're really nice to look at, and... They're hooked into the blockchain,
1: too, as a collectible, and I I envision the blockchain as uh, sourcing collectibles, not just like this, but all kinds of collectibles. Um, I like collecting coins. I have a little coin collection, and you can register and get coins certified, but right now they're certified through centralized agencies, right? Like there's a handful of them, but in the future, I think that the blockchain is going to store the information on these collectibles. So you might have a coin that you purchased, and you can see where it's been, you know, um, through different people's hands um, and not just coins, but all kinds of different collectibles, artwork and um, IOST and other blockchains are, are rolling towards being able to manage collectibles that way. So I think this is just one step into the future here. I really like the art though. I think that's yeah, really I mean, cool. I, looking. I,
2: re- I really want one, but Like, I would never swipe it, right? Because I'm afraid it would get destroyed. Yeah, you got to keep it in pristine
1: condition, like a a baseball card, right? Like, any kind of wear on a baseball card takes the value down, so you got to keep it in nice condition.
0: Yeah, I think the art on them is really cool. They said in the official announcement that there'll be more details to come during the week of consensus, which is May 13th, I want to say. It could be off a day or two for that, and um, who knows, maybe... Just maybe. I'm not going to make any promises. Maybe we'll get our hands on a few here at the Inside IOST podcast and YouTube show. And some of our listeners, you might, uh, it might be your lucky day. But again, not going to make any promises. Uh, I want to move on then to another announcement coming out of the IOST Foundation. They had so many that this week that I just was really excited to get to the show. And this is by far the coolest one. Um, they did a partnership with e-hung. So e-hung is a Chinese company. And they build basically these automated air vehicles or something. I forget what the what the exact they're, they're a UAV company, which is unmanned aerial vehicle, I think, but these ones are automated. So it's actually not unmanned, It's, it's a drone. Imagine a drone like you know, you, you see drones all the time, people shoot video with them and stuff. Blow it up to like 100x the scale, put a door on it, <laughs> put an iPad in it, and then you can actually get inside this thing. <laughs> Click where you want to go, which location you want to go to, and the thing will automatically fly you there, whether you're a pilot or a five-year-old could do this. I've been watching
1: videos of these types of things for years, you know, guys with jetpacks on their back or small planes or whatever. But this one actually looks like it could work. I mean, the thing about drones is they work. You know, you can easily buy a drone, get it up in the air, easy to control. I can see this as actually taking off and being something that, that people would use. How great would it be to just commute to work in one of these things just flying right over the traffic, right?
0: Yeah, it goes 10 miles, and we've got a video, and I'll, I'll overlay it for you guys. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this the CEO of E-hong and he gets in this thing, and he's, he's confident in his product, and he gets in this thing and flies it. Yeah, he's getting pretty high up in the air there. At first, he kind of stays
1: close to the ground, but uh, a little later, he gets pretty pretty far up there.
2: I mean, just don't give Evan the controls or he might run into a tree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have the video from this, but uh, that's a true story from uh, my own drone.
0: Oh, man, Pete, if it's you have so, the video sucks. for that, you, 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 please send it to me. We'll include it. Basically, it tell the story. Yeah, tell the story, Pete.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I do some dangerous drone things like i flew off the back of that boat if you guys remember oh josh you weren't there i wasn't uh but i flew off the back of that boat and the everyone was sure i was just gonna lose it but we got it back uh but one time i was like evan you want to try out the drone and uh (laughs) we went outside evan puts the drone on the ground he starts flying it around and somehow it loses connectivity even though we're like literally right there we're like literally right next to the drone with the phone and the controller thing And uh, when it loses connectivity, it goes back up to a safe height, returns to its home spot, wherever, you know, you started or wherever you set that. And then it goes back down slowly, which seems reasonable unless you're like over water or something. Well, at that moment, he was under a big tree branch. (laughs) So the drone slowly starts heading up. Everyone's like, how do I stop it? How do I stop it? It just starts churning pine needles or whatever was on the tree. (laughs) Just like, I mean, I thought it was done. Uh, I, it, it pumped back down. I successfully grabbed it and flipped it upside down so that it stopped flying. But, uh, hey, it still works. It, I think it wavers a little bit oh, uh, okay. now. It's, like, scared of me. Note but, to uh, self,
1: do not let Evan drive the E-Hung uh, yeah. machine. So yeah.
2: Don't let Evan drive your E-Hung machine. <laughs> well,
0: this <laughs> Actually, thing apparently –
2: I do wonder though, like, what about, what about safety? Like, are you going to have a parachute? Like what's the, what's the protocol here? You know, I was looking Charles,
0: into it. Apparently it's... there's some sort of like split power where if one of the arms loses power, it'll, it'll redirect the power from the other arms to it. And if any system fails, it should have enough in reserve for it to land. Even if it's at its maximum height, Uh, the machine can basically, wherever it's at, find a, a safe spot to land and go down. But I advise anyone out there who's interested in this, go and check out uh, Ehang, it's E-H-A-N-G. Basically, uh, just to get back on track here with IOST and what does IOST have to do with this, Ehang and IOST are partnering to what seems to me like answer a government RFP. Uh, And the government is called, uh, the government agency is called the Civil Aviation Administration of China. And they're looking to deliver a secure and reliable data management system for the research and development of these uh, automated flying drones. And IOST is going to be the one that provides the data management blockchain uh, security for that. So this is like a really cool partnership. I I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this. One thing I know about China is when their government wants to invest in infrastructure and get something done, it usually gets done pretty quickly. I mean, you look at their speed train infrastructure and uh, just how far they've come along with a lot of different stuff. They, they know what they're doing when it comes to getting, getting shit done. And if Ehung is watching the show and you want to bring that machine here to the States,
1: you just let us know. Give us a call. We'll help you out.
0: Let us know. We'll have Pete dr- ride in it and let me control it from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, another really quick announcement. Jimmy Jong, the founder, the co-founder of IOST itself, he's going to be doing an AMA on the Binance Telegram channel. Uh, I can put that in the description here as well. That is going on April 11th at 3 p.m. UTC, which is 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you're on Eastern Standard Time with us. And also, since last week, since last week's episode, wallets have nearly doubled. We're up to 212K. Yeah,
1: 212,841. iostabc.com upgraded their interface to their Block Explorer. You can go there and see how many wallets... Are out there, and I think people were watching our show and are out there registering wallet names. <laughs> that might be the case. And
2: IOST is beating Ethereum now in transactions. I know it's all dice rolling, and you don't play dice rolling games on Ethereum because you'd pay more than you'd win, and it would take forever to you know confirm your dice rolls. But uh, but it's still you know proof of the scalability. Right? It's proof of believability of their claims, of the you know advantages of proof of believability. Uh, and so we now know how much IOST can scale. It, it scales well, and I'm excited for the future. And we're gonna start seeing more legitimate transactions. Come on, this has happened with every project and protocol in the history of technology, where you have little things first, right? And so it's okay that we have a lot of dice transactions right now.
0: All right, well. I think that about wraps up this week's episode. I know it was a bit longer. We had a little bit more uh, to get through. It was a nice, dense episode of information. As always, we appreciate the votes that you guys give for Leobi. So go vote for Leobi. We appreciate it very much. uh, And if you guys don't have anything else to say, I'm gonna sign us off here. So for Pete K out in Philadelphia, and for Josh Bryant, and I am Evan Schindler. This is Inside iOST, and we will see you next week.